Let me greet you all like I greet my church in the valley. Good morning, family. All right. Yes. I want to uh, rush to express my gratitude to uh, Pastor Mark and Pastor Allen for the gracious invitation. Thank God uh, for the work that you're doing. Uh, It's always encouraging to see students uh, in the house of God um, and It's always encouraging to see a church, a whole church, facilitate that. Um, I think you guys, uh, you guys meant a lot to these students this weekend. And so I'm so glad to see all of this. Uh, My second favorite thing about being here, I told the early service, is this wood chunk (laughs) of a pulpit. I, I love this. I mean, round rock, round wood chunk pulpit. <laughs> and so I get it. I get it. I get it. I, yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy this. This is the coolest, coolest table pulpit I've ever preached behind. And so it reminds me of Showtime at the Apollo. Some of y'all don't know about that, but that's what that kind of reminds me of right here. And uh feel good about it. Uh, if you have your Bible, and I pray that you do, meet me in Matthew chapter 8. That'll be where we have our assignment. When you have it, say, I have it. All right. Thank you. I love it. Y'all vision is improved, huh? That's good. That's good. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, it, it reads like this. When he entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. He said to him, am I to come and heal him or I will come and heal him? Verse 8, Lord, the centurion replied, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I, too, am a man under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. I tell you that many will come from east and west to share the banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus told the centurion, go as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that very moment. I want to preach from the subject, the faith, the faith of an outsider, the faith of an outsider. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. 
my prayer for the next few minutes that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your word is clearly communicated. Let Jesus Christ be highly exalted and let your people be beautifully blessed in Jesus name. Amen. This is one of my favorite stories in the life and ministry of Jesus in Matthew's gospel, chapter eight, verse five. Jesus is coming off the heels of the Sermon on the Mount, and he is quickly interrupted with people that want him to heal. This account is one of my favorites because it displays the faith of an outsider. Displays the faith of an outsider. We have been preaching all weekend about vision. How we see God, how we see ourselves, how we see others. And I believe the centurion servant, the centurion soldier, his care for his servant, it really kind of encompasses all of those different aspects of vision. The centurion comes to Jesus because he saw Jesus rightly. The centurion, he he saw himself humbly, as we'll see as we walk through the text. And he saw his servant. He cared for his servant. Luke's gospel uh, has a parallel account to this. And Luke's gospel lets us know that this centurion soldier highly valued his servant. He highly valued his servant so much so that he felt like he needed to take his care and his concern for his servant to Jesus. The faith of an outsider. The centurion starts off with the correct view of Jesus. Notice in the text, I need my Bible to preach. Verse 6, the centurion comes to Jesus and says, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed in terrible agony. Verse 8, Lord, the centurion replied, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. We see the centurion correctly has an appropriate vision of Jesus as Lord. If you read your Bible fast, this may not amaze you, but it amazes me. Because as a centurion, he was a Gentile. And to make the statement that Jesus is Lord was a revolutionary statement for somebody on the payroll of Rome. At at this time was imprinted on the money that Caesar is Lord. But here we see this centurion. He throws all of that out the window. He comes and he says, Jesus, you are Lord. And if Jesus is Lord, that means that nobody else can be. The centurion comes to Jesus and he he calls him Lord. Now, some people... Some some scholars say, well, he was just using a polite term and everything like that. I, I don't I don't think this centurion was just using a polite term because this centurion came to Jesus in faith and faith 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 sometimes it, it doesn't make you do the polite thing. Faith 
doesn't make you do the polite thing. Y'all remember the, the, the four friends that had, had their lame friend, right? It, and, and they were carrying him because they wanted to get their friend to Jesus, right? They wanted to get their friend to Jesus. And so they politely just waited at the door, even though it was no room, and they knocked on the door, or they pushed the ring alarm bell and said, hey, we know it ain't no room in here, but let's just... No, they didn't do the polite thing. The scripture says they tore the roof off the people's house. Faith moves us to act. When, when we really see who Jesus really is, we, we've got to understand that Jesus is Lord. This soldier understood that Jesus is Lord. This soldier understood that, that, that Rome may pay my bills, but Jesus paid it all. This soldier understood that, 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 that Caesar may be able to give me a raise, but only Jesus can raise my servant. This, this soldier understood that Caesar may be able to put me to death, but Jesus can give me eternal life. Jesus is Lord. And if Jesus is Lord, Caesar can't be. I love this because we have a generation, and this generation right now, I see it when I look at Twitter, this generation right now is sometimes confused by the church because they don't know who the church sees as Lord. Uh-oh. I knew it would get quiet like that right at this point. When, when we... They don't know who the church sees as Lord. What, what, what are you talking about, Pastor Nick? In Luke's gospel of this story, the... Jewish elders come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, this centurion, he's a friend of our nation. He's a friend of our nation and he gave a whole lot of money to the church. So Jesus, this man is worthy for you to perform this miracle for him. Because he's a friend of our nation and he gives a lot of money to the church. But the centurion, this centurion says, no, 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 no. My affiliation or my affection for this country or my checkbook and my offering, that does not make me worthy before the Lord Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me in here this morning? See, we've got to show our students that all of us who follow Jesus, all of us who follow Jesus are not worthy of the grace of God just because we are born in America. We're not worthy of the favor, favor of God just because we write checks to the church. 
We have to be like this centurion who says, you know what, Lord, I'm not worthy that you come to my house at all. That's what grace is. Grace means that you don't deserve it. The centurion had the right view of Jesus as Lord. He had the right view of himself because he humbly tells Jesus when Jesus says, all right, I'll come to your house and heal your servant. He says, listen, I, I understand. I understand. I, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. But then this soldier does something amazing. He says, Jesus, all you have to do is send your word and my servant will be healed. And then he says this. He says, for I too am a man under authority. He says, I have soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. Hearing this, Jesus is amazed. See, see, the centurion soldier, he, he rightly had a correct vision of himself. And he understood something about this word that we don't like in this generation. And, and, and I don't think we've liked it in other generations, but, but the frequency of the Internet just helps us be more vocal quicker about it. It's this word called authority. Uh-oh. We don't like the word authority. Students, hear me. Authority is not a bad word. Amen. We see from the text that authority is not a bad word. It's not a bad word. Why? Because the centurion soldier, he rightly understood how to steward his authority, and he recognized this, that Jesus was a man also under the authority of the Father. Jesus said it. Jesus said, I don't, I don't say anything that I don't hear my Father saying. I don't do anything that I don't see my Father doing. Jesus said, I'm under the authority of my Father. The centurion also understood this, that if Jesus was under authority, that there was something about this, 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 this heavenly call of Jesus where everything in this earth that, 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 that was not right, it was also submitted under the authority of Jesus. Authority is not a bad word. I want y'all to hear my heart, students. Be scared of people who care nothing about authority. Be scared of yourself when you want to throw off any authority. Authority does not have to be abusive or oppressive or any of those words. We actually see the authority of the centurion servant, of the centurion soldier carries his servant to Jesus. Be glad when your parents in authority make you come to church. Be, be grateful that your parents, when they are in authority, drag you to church. And hear me. 
When you start to get some authority of your own, don't think that you are ever up from under the authority of God. I've heard parents come to me sometimes and they'll say, oh, Pastor Nick, can you talk to my son about coming to church? I, I don't want to make him come. I don't, I don't want to force it on him. You force algebra on him. <laughs> the joker didn't want to go to school. You force school on him. Right? They don't want to eat their vegetables. You force vegetables on them. But somehow we don't steward our authority for the glory of God because when it comes time for our kids to follow Jesus, and guess what? We need Jesus all the time, but the time we need Jesus the most is, is when we feel like we don't need him. Students, hear me. When you reach that point, and you're going to reach it, we all reach it. When you reach that point that you're a little bit too big for God, that is the time where you stay in church. You come early then. Because authority is not a bad word. We see God who is in authority over everything. And how does God use his authority? God uses his authority to heal this paralyzed servant who is in agony. Guess what? All of the words of God are not designed to hold us back. God's authority is designed to set us free when we submit to him. There is freedom in submitting to the authority of God in this centurion Soldier says, listen, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. I understand how authority works. I know you can send your word, and your word will change things. Parents, you ain't got to trip and worry about your kids. Just stick the word on them. And kids, you ain't got to trip or worry about your parents. Just stick the word on them, too. The word hits everybody. God's word transforms whoever is willing to receive it. Now Jesus hears this. And look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. Hearing this, Jesus was amazed. He said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith, the faith of an outsider, amazed Jesus. Jesus is talking to people who were following him. He's talking to the Jewish elders. He's talking to people who were supposed to know who he was, but the faith of an outsider amazed Jesus. We've been talking about vision, how we see God, how we see ourselves, and how we see others, but have we ever stopped to ask the question this weekend, how does God see us? How does God see us? Well, I want to encourage you, if you have faith in Jesus, when God looks at you, he is amazed. I want you to hear that. That's the beauty of the gospel, that, that rebellious, wretched, and ratchet sinners can through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ 
stand before God and God looks at us in pure amazement is a sign of the grace and mercy and, and, and awesomeness of God. When God looks at people who place faith in Jesus Christ, he doesn't see us based on our sins. He looks at us and he is amazed. Amazed. It's like a parent. When you have your child, you know, and when your child is little, everything that little joker do is just just amazing, right? I mean, you brag and you go, oh, they discovered their pinky. They, oh, they got their thumb in their mouth. It's amazing when they do. They, they, they push up for the first time and you're like, oh, my God, I got to Instagram this. This is my new story. The babies just take their first wobbly steps, right? And guess what we are? Amazed. Why? We're not amazed at the performance of the child more so than we are amazed that they are in relationship with us. Why? Because you can see a, another little baby discover their pinky and you ain't going to care. You see another little baby learning how to walk and stumbling, and you're like, man, he got a long way to go. Like, you just don't care. <laughs> but what amazes us when we see our children, children, even when they're stumbling, even when they're walking, what amazes us is relationship. And guess what? The faith of this centurion soldier entered him into a relationship with God. And Jesus says, guess what? This is an amazing faith. The faith of an outsider. Jesus goes on to say something. Because he says, y'all think that this is just about healing a paralyzed servant. Jesus says, no, 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 no. This is about the kingdom of God. Look at what he says. He says, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with so great a faith. Verse 11, he says, I tell you that many will come from east and west to share the banquet with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be, will be thrown into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus says, y'all think this is just about healing a servant? No, 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 no. This is about the kingdom. Why? Because the faith of an outsider will bring him to God's table. I don't know about you, students, but I remember... I don't remember a lot about school no more because I'm grown and I got bills now. And that's going to happen to you, to, you know, that's going to happen to you, too. Like you all the stuff you tripping about now, just wait till student loan. You know, when that comes, you ain't going to worry about the, the little drama and all of this. You ain't going to worry about how many likes you got. You're going to be like, man, Sally Mae is calling. That's what you're going to be worried about. <laughs> that's what you're going to be tripping off of. This little 
drama now ain't going ain't, ain't going to mess with you. But but I do remember, and I, I still remember it sometimes. And and what makes me think about it is my relationship with my daughter, my little girl who's ten. I remember going to a new school at lunchtime, trying to figure out what table I'm going to sit at. I don't know if that causes you anxiety like it did me, but I I mean, you know, that made my heart beat a little bit fast. What what table am I going to be able to sit at? Will there be a place for me? I remember that. I remember walking, and and you you got your little tray, and you got your little milk cart. I don't know if they feed the kids milk no more because the studies then came out, and people don't like that. But we used to go through, and we would get our milk. And I, and I remember, I remember walking around looking and like, no, nah, I'm probably not going to fit in at that table. And then just, you know, I remember that. And what would be going through my mind is, man, is there a place for me? Look at what Jesus says about faith. Look at what Jesus says about the kingdom of God. He says, I tell you that many will come from east and west to share the banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. You know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying, guess what? I don't care if you're born in Israel or not. If you have faith, there's a place at God's table. And I want you to hear something, students. You may be an outsider in school, but when you have faith in Jesus Christ, there is space at God's table. And if there is space at God's table, that means that you are loved now. You are accepted now. You are forgiven now. You are free now. Not when people on earth accept you, but because there's space at God's table. Jesus uses the great faith of an outsider to preach about the kingdom. And he says, guess what? There is room at God's table. The cross makes space for us. The cross makes room for us. And you may be here under the sound of my voice this morning, wondering, is there a place for me? Where do I fit in? I want you to know, you fit in when you humble yourself under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and turn to the cross. There is space made at the cross. Jesus was using this as a lesson to show Israel that, hey, if faith can move God to touch an outsider, faith can move God to forgive and restore and redeem away with Israel.
But they missed it. They missed it. The faith of this outsider just it just went over their heads. They missed it. But hear me this morning. Let's not miss it this morning. Let us, like the centurion soldier, let us see Jesus as Lord, as our only sufficient sacrifice, the one who came and lived the life that we were supposed to live, that died the death that we were supposed to die, and he gave us eternal life by placing our faith in him. Let us be like the centurion soldier who rightly and humbly sees ourselves as not worthy of any of the grace of God, but we still place our faith in Jesus. And let us be like the centurion servant that cares so much for others that whatever we are worried about, we're willing to take it to Jesus. Let's pray. 